thing I would like to tell you is that just feel good anytime, anywhere, irrespective of what is happening around you. Yeah, How do I do that? You know, that's the power of staying positive. I mean, I know that things are not good around. There's negativity. There is not much hope. And people are just uh, feeling a little disillusioned. But that's that's the power of strong people, just to keep your hopes up. Because you know what? Uh, if you have your hopes up, then perhaps many other people will be inspired to do the same. And then you will start an avalanche of hope. This is Women Killing It. Each week, women who are killing it in their careers share their stories and advice for making it in today's working world. Your host is Sally Hubbard. Today, I'm here with Hera Ali, who is the founder of three companies, Advancing Your Potential, Revitalize and Rise, and ED Management Consulting. Hera started her career 11 years ago as a manager of HR in Pakistan, and then her husband got transferred to Dubai, where she launched a training and consultancy firm called ED Management Consulting. She was doing very well there and built up a big client base when, once again, her husband was transferred to London. So she started over again there. While still keeping her practice going, she launched a new practice called Advancing Your Potential. Throughout all of these moves and changes, there were a lot of naysayers who told her that she was taking too big of a risk or that she should just relax and not try to do something in a new market, but she did it anyway, and she's found a lot of success. Hera, you are killing it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sally. So in London, you've been working with women primarily, right? I came to realize that, you know, there was there was a real need to have something exclusively for women, you know, mm-hmm. women who want to get back to work, women who want to start their own business and women who just need a push to do something. Um, so so that's when um, I launched Revitalize and Rise. The Revitalize and Rise is basically a global network and it's going to focus at women all over the world, but t- particularly in, in South Asia, you know, countries from where I came from and the Middle mm-hmm. East, so Dubai, Pakistan and Asian countries. Um, and the focus of Revitalize and Rise is basically to you know, help women in de-stressing souls and overcoming challenges, you know, whether they're related to career or their personal life. Uh, and this site has a, a blog as well. So I talk about, you know, women leadership and things which which women face. Uh, so this the late, the last one is relatively new. Before you before you go on to the last one, let me ask you um, about Revitalize and Rise. One thing that I think I would I'm very interested in talking about is so you have worked in Dubai, which is primarily a, a Muslim city, although it's an international city. Right, right. And um, you're saying you were you know Revitalize and Rise is targeting uh, the target audience is mostly South South Asia and um, the Middle East. And I guess I just have these issues in my mind so much with it being, uh, we're recording this episode on Inauguration Day in the U.S. Okay. And um, partly what got Donald Trump, you know, he used in his campaign a lot of um, anti-Muslim rhetoric, which is very, very upsetting for those of us, the majority of the voters who believe in tolerance and, um, you know, embracing all religions and ethnicities and countries and everything else. Um and one thing that I think is really helpful is when people understand that, you know, women around the world are having all the same obstacles. And what I'm interested in understanding is when you're coaching um, women in, in a primarily Muslim area about career issues and the same things that, you know, revitalizing and de-stressing, 
you know, do you find any differences in terms of the challenges that are being faced? Or do you think it's very similar to the challenges that you see women facing in London? Is it harder um, in the Muslim um, countries for women with certain, you know, that's certainly the perception from the U.S. Okay. side of things. Yeah, that's a very good question, actually. Um, now, the thing is that, um, see, Sally, the, the issues are universal. So when I came to London and, you know, when I came from, from the Dubai market, as you would say, but I did realize I met a lot of coaches and they explained to me that, you know, coaching and mentoring is something which uh, which is addressing universal issues. So it really wouldn't matter which culture or which country mm -hmm. you to initially. So you've mm -hmm. done equally well here. And I did realize that I coached women in London, and I felt that a lot of problems were very similar. Yes, people in the Muslim countries or in the South Asian countries do face many more things comparatively, because, for example, you know, um, for them, women are supposed to be not really, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very progressive um, uh, environment right now. A lot of women are working. A lot of women are doing brilliantly. But there's this typical stereotype attached with, with working women in some places. So to get over that stereotype is, is a bit tough. And then you have, you know, things like joint family systems and then family is your priority, which is, which is a good thing, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. Uh, but yes, women in these cultures have to face many more problems as compared to uh, people here in, in Europe or in US. But generally, I would say, overall, I think the rest of the issues where it's concerned, you know, imposter syndrome, stress, gender inequality with respect to pay. So those issues are the same. I mean, it's universally the same. Everything is the same. I just watched a film um, that my sister-in-law made about kind of following some women who were getting married in India. And a couple of the women were not given much of a choice that had they had to give up their careers upon marriage. Uh, that is true in some cases, but to be honest, that is not true for, for most people. I mean, I belong to a very open-minded family and most of my friends, most of my family members, cousins, they all belong to, um, you know, people where they encourage, you know, they belong to families where they encourage women to work and they're very supportive. So, uh, yes, there is a certain minority, I would say, who, who oppresses uh, women and who doesn't want women to work, but majority of them are now changing. I think it's, it's the workforce is really evolving. Women are now in you know, lots of different things. I mean, I think the, these women are doing so well, even internationally, they're doing brilliantly. Quick question, guys. Have you joined my email community? I share all kinds of tips from the amazing women that I interview on how to kill it in your career. My emails are all about us working together to maximize our career results and our happiness. So we're filling the mentoring gap for women and we are lifting each other up. When you sign up today, I'll send you some awesome emails, including my seven step action plan to killing it. To sign up, just text all one word, killing it to 38470. That's 38470. And the word to text with no spaces is killing it. Now back to the show. It's so interesting because I feel like with, you know, in the U.S., we kind of, you know, people definitely, there's definitely stereotypes about how things are in different countries and different um, religions. And just last week, I spoke to a woman who was in Germany, and she was telling me that Germany is actually quite far behind from the U.S., 
and that there's there are zero women CEOs, um, not not very many women on boards of companies, and kind of the mindset is actually like very far behind the U.S. And to me, that was surprising because I always have this view that Europe is a bit uh, more advanced. But I guess we tend to lump everything together, right? <laughs> I was surprised when I came here in UK and I was writing leadership articles for women. I was completely surprised. I was like, oh my God, you know, these problems are universal. It's just not a certain mindset. A lot of countries here still, I mean, especially like you're saying in Europe, uh, women do not have, uh, do not share important positions. I mean, but in, 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 if I talk about Pakistan, particularly the country from where I came, we see a lot of women CEOs. In fact, we had a women prime minister. So I mean, yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing that's so interesting. And when I was speaking to the woman um, yesterday, last week, Deborah Steinborn, who's in Germany, I said, well, what about Angela Merkel? And she said, well, that's what everyone says whenever I say that, <laughs> whenever I say that Germany is backward. So I, it always amazes me that, you know, the U.S. priding itself uh, being, you know, a leader um, in the in the world doesn't have, has never had a woman president. And then there's a lot of countries that are perceived from the outside as being much more kind of traditionally, you know, confining women to traditional gender roles right. that have had women presidents. I mean, India has as well, you know. Um, has as well. Bangladesh lots, has. Yeah, I mean, Panama has. You know, places that you think of as being more traditionally um, sexist, uh, honestly, have had women presidents. So Just the mindset. And I personally believe now that the reason why I feel that coaching mentoring is important is because Yes, the mindset is there, but we also want women to come out of that uh, that whole fear of uh, of not being considered worthy enough or not being feeling adequate enough. Uh, so that is why coaching and mentoring, I feel, is even more important there. Uh, see, these things exist everywhere. Yeah, I was speaking to Sally Krawcheck, who's um, the head of Elevate, a few um, episodes ago. Um, I'm sure you know Sally Krawcheck as you're an Elevate member, right? Yes. <laughs> And she was saying that we have been leaving power on the table as women, you know, on this inauguration day, thinking about some of the fears that we have in the U.S. about what's going to happen to our rights. You know, we are 52% of the population. We have that power and we're not, you know, we're not taking it. We're leaving it on the table. That is um, so true. I mean, I think I wrote an article recently on imposter syndrome, and that's exactly what I discussed, that, you know, women experience more imposter syndrome uh, symptoms as compared to men. And uh, they need to start, uh, you know, taking a more proactive role. So the, basically what the survey said was that, you know, women need to be 100% sure before applying to a particular position, whereas men just apply even when they think that they're 60% or 70% qualified for a particular position. Um, so, you know, all these things uh, prove that and evidence that, uh, um, you know, that, that feeling of inadequacy or, you know, right. self-consciousness. So in your coaching and your training, what are some of the biggest issues? You mentioned imposter syndrome. Are there other issues that um, are very prevalent that you deal with in your coaching? Stress. Stress is, is very prevalent. And I think uh, especially for working moms. Uh, they are really overwhelmed with 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 a lot of multitasking, which they do at at work and at home. So I think that's one of the major issues. Again, how to manage those emotions and let them out and in, in a in a proper way. I think that is is another training and coaching challenge which which I face when I'm training women. How to let out these emotions in in you know and have a proper channel of letting them out. How to to manage these emotions. 
What, so what do you mean by that in a proper way? Like what's the, what, what does that mean? Okay, so that means basically managing your, um, you know, emotions like, like stress or frustration and, you know, what are the different outlets through which you can you can express yourself. A lot of women feel like, you know, they feel that, you know, uh, when they do some activities, some, some de-stressing activities in a week, they feel better because that way all, you know, the negative energy is kind of released doing something beneficial and de-stressing like yoga or mindfulness or taking a walk, basically doing something which they're passionate about. Uh, and that is one of the things which I really, really train on, how to, to revitalize this soul and how to manage all the stress and overwhelm by getting yourself involved in different activities which will help you manage your stress better. Quick question, guys. Have you joined my email community? I share all kinds of tips from the amazing women that I interview on how to kill it in your career. My emails are all about us working together to maximize our career results and our happiness. So we're filling the mentoring gap for women and we are lifting each other up. When you sign up today, I'll send you some awesome emails, including my seven step action plan to killing it. To sign up, just text all one word, killing it to three, eight, four, seven, zero. That's three, eight, four, seven, zero. And the word to text with no spaces is killing it. Now back to the show. That's definitely um, speaking my language. I mean, it is something that I've heard so much on this podcast. And it's something that I'm trying to do a better job at in terms of carving out time to nourish myself. And when I'm successful at doing that, I find that it has ripple effects across my career in terms of I'm able to get more done, I'm able to think more clearly, prioritize better, get better results, and then also other areas of my life, my family life. Everything is better when I take that time for self-care, but it's so easy to let it go, right? It's so easy to let it slip and, and just to be stressed out by your to-do list. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't have to be something, some people feel that, oh, I have to exercise for what, 40 minutes every day, or do I have to take a special time out? No, it's just about a few minutes in a day. Well, one thing that I've been implementing um, in my life, which is really only a few minutes, is taking, you know, every couple of hours, taking five minutes just to focus on breathing. And throughout the course of the day that, you know, maybe it'll be 15 minutes if I do it three times, but it will make me more calm, more de-stressed throughout the entire day. Definitely. So we do uh, teach a lot of breathing exercises in the trainings um, and, you know, how to immediately, if there's a panic situation at work, what do you do? So, I mean, you, can, you just lift your uh, chin up, put your eyes down, and you just concentrate on your breathing for a few seconds only and make sure that your breathing is in place and then proceed with anything that you want to do. So I think breathing is, is really, really very important. What are some of the other, um, that's a great tip. And what are some other of your favorite tips or bits of advice that you give in your trainings? I believe that it's very important to reaffirm your self-worth as women. Sometimes we are a little shy of accepting our success and we are, you know, we just dismiss compliments by attributing our success to external factors. I just feel like, you know, you should own your success um, and when you feel undeserving, go back and review previous accomplishments or positive feedbacks. 
recount the people who made a difference you have made a difference to and this will help you show that nobody belongs here more than you do uh, so that's a tip which i give to people and i definitely uh, tell them to start a gratitude journal yeah so a gratitude journal basically is writing down at least three things every night which you are grateful for you know that's something that i've been trying to implement also and one thing that i found works for me is if I have an errand that I have to do, like I'm taking the children home from school at the end of the day, at that time when I'm in the car with them, I say, we all are going to talk about what we're grateful for. So so I don't have to carve extra time for it. You know, I can just do it while I'm doing something else without it being yet another thing that I need to fit in. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's completely, and you know, they are really encouraging children also to start doing that. So it's not only for women, I think it's for everybody starting a gratitude journal and remembering all the obvious blessings. I mean, sometimes, you know, what happens is that pain easily overshadows joys. We're quick to point out what didn't work. Right. But what went good, however, it takes time. That is true. Because, you know, most likely it's something that we commonly take for granted. The issue that you mentioned before about women um, not having enough confidence, not having enough uh, valuing themselves enough. I've really been trying through this podcast to try to get at the root of that, like trying to figure out where does that come from? Why are we like that? And I don't think it's something that we're just born that way. What do you think causes women to have that lower confidence? Um, Well, research proves that it is a lot to do with the way you've been raised because girls are, um, you know, since they're, they're children, they're told to be, you know, just be polite, don't, you know, uh, be nice to everyone and boys are encouraged to be show-offs and be bold and confident so so I would say it has a lot to do with the upbringing as well and I feel that uh, women are very quality, quality oriented so it's it makes a huge difference to them uh, to do things correctly and do it the right way uh, right you should learn to accept that you know occasionally being wrong or not knowing everything doesn't make you non-deserving I mean remind yourself that you will learn more as you progress Exactly. They're best players who miss the goal. They're million-dollar businesses who often fail. So, I mean, and just evaluate the impact of what could, wrong, what could go wrong by asking yourself, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And this really helps in mitigating the fear because, you know, what's the worst that will happen? I mean, if it's not death, then, then I think, you know, you can go ahead with it anyway. Right. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, right? That's what they always say. And, and I think it's important to reframe the failure as an opportunity to learn. Because, you know, the fact that you're trying, even when you're unsure, it makes you admirable and it makes you heroic. So what are some of your personal successes that you're most proud of? I think the best thing is, I mean, I've trained lots and lots of people and the testimonials and feedback I get when women tell me that I inspire them. Or, you know, some people say that you're on fire, you know, you're doing so many things. So that is kind of very encouraging and motivating for me. And that inspires me to do the same for them. I mean, I want to encourage them to do the same. And um, is there any advice of, for that you have that, you know, things that you've learned throughout starting all of your businesses that you wish you would have known sooner in your career? I mean, I have launched a lot of businesses and stuff and I've launched um, a lot of things. But one thing which I believe that I could have done sooner was um, having more confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, just just go ahead and try whatever you want to. Just don't think about things and feel that, oh, my God, if I do this, this could happen. Or what will people think? Or what will happen? Just go ahead and do it anyways. 
So I think if I had that kind of attitude right from the beginning, since I was a child, it would have made a hell of a lot of difference. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm only getting that attitude now, and I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yes, I think the sooner you develop that attitude, um, I think the more success. But I mean, yes, some things come with time. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's very important to train your brain to think that you can. Because uh, I always tell everybody, particularly all my participants, that, you know, brain is a very powerful tool. If you train your brain to think that it can do something, believe me, it's going to cooperate fully. If you tell your brain that you can't do anything, it's going to do exactly the same thing. So just telling yourself that you can do something makes a lot of difference. But I just feel that, you know, I mean, this world truly needs believers and doers and, you know, someone who can inspire them to try so, I mean, just go ahead and try and do something, and, and I think it will just be great. Well, I'm glad to hear this motivation on this day of our inauguration when I'm feeling like I could use a lot of motivation. <laughs> One more thing I would like to tell you is that just feel good anytime, anywhere, irrespective of what is happening around you. you know, How do I do that? You know, that's the power of staying positive. I mean, I know that things are not good around. There's negativity. There is not much hope, and people are just uh, feeling a little disillusioned. But that's that's the power of strong people, just to keep your hopes up. Because you know what? Uh, if you have your hopes up, then perhaps many other people will be inspired to do the same, and then you will start an avalanche of hope all around you. An avalanche of hope. I love it. We need that. We really need that. And I think it's going to start tomorrow with the Women's March. Yay! <laughs> Around the globe. I know. That would be amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I, there's a London Women's March too, right? Yeah, I there's a there's... London Women's March too. And I, I was hoping to attend it. Well, it's great to know that there are marches happening all over the globe. But it's um, inspiring, right? I mean, it just feels so good because you feel that you, you are in this together. You, you're supporting each other. It's just a good feeling. We are all in this together, and I'm ready for this avalanche of hope. Yay! Um, <laughs> um, well, it's been such a pleasure. I, you put me, I was crying before we started talking, and now I'm smiling, so that's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. So <laughs> I, yeah, I started the day crying, trying not to, but, you know, it happens. Um, it was actually an inspirational Ms. Foundation video that I recommend everyone check out. I shared it on our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter. Very inspirational uh, Ms. Foundation video, but also it, it brought up my emotions. Oh, that's, that's great. Are there any parting points that you didn't get a chance to make that you wanted to make or did you feel satisfied that you've said? Yeah, I've, I've uh, mostly said whatever I wanted to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, my parting thoughts would be, yes, just to, to remain positive, to keep on trying, uh, to never to stop believing. I mean, good things have happened before and good things will happen again. Thank you so much. So I'm going to re recite that in my head all day long as my mantra. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for your time. Um, if people want to check you out online with your blog and everything, what, what are the websites called? Okay, so there's Advancing Your Potential, which is www.advancingyourpotential.com. And the second one, which is exclusively for women, which is Revitalize and Rise, it's www.revitalizeandrise.com. Well, thank you so much. I wish you uh, great success with your businesses in London, and hopefully you don't have to move again anytime soon. 
If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and most importantly, tell a friend about us. Thanks for joining us.